Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science, and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill, and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods, the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS, and lots, lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. Whoa, mouthful there. Female Health Podcast. <laughs> uh, this is Mary Jo, your host. And today's episode, I have Claire Feely, a mindset coach. Claire is actually living in Portugal, like myself, in Lagos. So she's actually not too far from me, which is really cool. Um, but she is, uh, as I say, a mindset coach. I will leave her Instagram handle on the, on the notes later on. And she'll obviously... Uh, give an introduction about herself and say where you can find her but yeah Claire I'm going to pass it over to you to tell us a little bit about yourself Um, you don't have to go into really really long details but whatever you want to say absolutely just fire ahead and thank you also for coming on. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on MJ and it is I was just saying before we come on I always forget about the self-introduction at the start I'm always like oh god the long story or the short story yeah. Um. I suppose, so I was, before I was a mindset coach, I was a teacher for 11 years, a secondary school teacher, history and Irish. And I had been living in Abu Dhabi for over two years. I was teaching in Abu Dhabi. And when I was living in Abu Dhabi, I came across life coaching. I was really struggling with expat life, not so much expat life, but just the, like, just the job was so overwhelming, I felt. Now looking back, because we can only ever connect the dots looking back, it was my own low self-worth because I, my brain couldn't handle that I was living in this beautiful apartment. I had this amazing job. I was making really good money, double what I was making in Ireland. And it was as if I went into overdrive of proving my worth. So like working evenings, working weekends. And about three months in, I was like, I can't keep doing this. I'm so burnt out. And then obviously like being over there, it's brunches every weekend. And it's just, and obviously you're trying to make friends yeah. and you're in a new country. So I reached out to a life coach on Instagram and yeah, we started working together. I had been doing personal development goal setting, all of that for years. And she had suggested to me, like, you, you love all this. Would, would you ever consider going into life coaching yourself? And I remember when she first suggested it, I burst out laughing because I was like, if I can't manage my own crap, how would I ever help anybody else? It's so funny, like, yeah. but definitely a seed was planted. And I did kind of start thinking about it and like, God, yeah, I'd love to do something like that. So I went and I did a training on public speaking and I did my first talk in Abu Dhabi in February 2020. And I originally thought that I would do talks and not so much life coaching. Again, belief of 
I, I I do not have my own shit together, so I will not go near attempting to help other people. Um, but I did know that I had lots of information and that I was passionate about mindset and all of that. So I um, did the first talk in February 2020. And then um, obviously the whole world locked down in March. And I decided I would go into um, life coaching. So I started life coaching last September and I went full time in the business this March, moved obviously to Portugal in August. And yeah, it's just been it's been going really well since. So that is the the short, long story. But thank you so much for having me on. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Oh, no, that's so good. And like that's um, you know, it's an amazing story, even the short version. And like just to like bring it back to what you said there like I can resonate with that like how if you're not like perfect yourself or if you haven't got your your shit sorted out basically how can you help others but I do think haven't had the experience of being maybe feeling you know whatever crap or feeling low or having maybe low self-worth or whatever it was you are in a position to be able to help the other people with your education plus your experience I think it adds a whole other element having the own you know maybe being at rock bottom point yourself I really do think it helps and for me like I obviously I'm in nutrition but I have had my own health issues has made me I think a better coach I'm much more empathetic compassionate because of that whereas if maybe that hadn't happened to me I'd be very much like you need to follow these rules and do it like this and just a different type of coach so it probably adds to your your coaching style and making you a better coach that you've gone through stuff yourself as well and you had your own crap to deal with (laughs) I totally agree with you. I think that the best, you know, experience is real life experience. And I remember when I was, when I first started out coaching and I was doing my own inner work and therapy, and I just felt like such a fraud because I really struggled with anxiety and depression. And I was saying to my therapist, like, I just like, how can I help other people if I can't even help myself, if I'm in this bad of a place myself? And she explained to me that, you know, she really changed my perspective around my mental health struggles because she was like, Claire, they're your strengths in coaching. That's what makes you so compassionate. That's what makes you so empathetic. And I really did start to see how that was one of my greatest strengths as a coach. Like there was zero judgment, like clients could tell me anything. And I'm just like, uh, like a lot of times yeah. on the inside, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I really yeah. do get it. And once I started playing to that as my strength, rather than something that I should feel ashamed about and something that like made me just want to hide in a corner and not show my face, you know, it just things started to really fall into place. And I think that the, the first step of self-worth is self-acceptance you know, for such a long time, I was so embarrassed and completely rejected my anxiety and my depression. And now the message I share from those experiences and from that place of pain, that's what helps me to help others the most. So it is that like, turn your wounds into wisdom, you know, and you can only help others because you've been through it yourself. And a quote that really helped me when I was starting out was, you don't need to be at the mountaintop to help others. If you are one step ahead, you can reach back and help them up. And 
that really resonated with me because I knew that I was at least one step ahead in terms of self-worth, self-acceptance. Like it, it nearly got to a point where it was like, I can't not share this. I don't know if you found that the more healing that I did and the more that I learned to accept myself, it was like, everybody needs to know this because it's totally life changing. It's like the difference in me and even in just the last year is night and day. And that's what lights me up the most is seeing that with clients. I love when they get to the end of 12 weeks of coaching and they're just a different person and it's so transformative when you take the inner work seriously and when you do the 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 self-worth work it is it's it's just amazing a hundred percent yeah like I agree with everything that you're saying there like and like what you said there about you have to you want to talk about the stuff that like is is your passion is your fire but like I was holding that back for a long time I was like talking about kind of like general nutrition which is helpful for people but it really wasn't setting me alive you know really what was setting me alive was female health specific stuff because that's what I went through you know I have PCOS and I went through a lot of hormonal issues with my thyroid and you know once I started to really talk about that and help people with that that was when first my business started to improve I got the podcast set up I started loving the podcast and then yeah everything just comes along with that so yeah like finding again I suppose it comes back to accepting maybe what self-acceptance of like your your flaws if you want to call them that but just kind of things that maybe you think aren't perfect but you can use them to your advantage and like I never thought that I'd be grateful for having that thyroid condition that like made me so sick for so long and then having PCOS in all throughout my teens and 20s but I am like I'm so grateful for it because it's definitely helped me be a better again coach and nutritionist because of that so yeah I totally relate to what you're saying um I want to go back to what you said about you need to have self-acceptance to get self-worth and that so like we were kind of talking about this but like I have many clients and I see many clients before who really struggle to achieve you know say basic habits like you know I don't know um getting up early in the morning or just going to sleep late at better at night at a good time and getting out for a walk putting their phone away and making meals for themselves these are just kind of basic habits that might seem normal to some people but others it can be so overwhelming um because their self-worth and self they don't have self-worth for themselves and they don't accept themselves and this is just so challenging to them and this might be hard for someone to understand why that would get in the way of those habits. But have you seen that, that that can just impact their day-to-day lives, just uh, not having self-worth and self-acceptance? Oh, a hundred percent. And when clients are going through this, like your own clients, when my clients are going through it, I really relate because habits for me used to be such a challenge. And like when you have low self-worth, self-abandonment is a huge part of that and when we try to change our behavior without changing our beliefs we're relying on willpower alone and willpower isn't enough yes it gives us a hit of motivation 
but it's about doing the work on a subconscious level. So a lot of our beliefs are like deeply embedded from childhood in our subconscious mind. So we can consciously know that getting off our phone at nine o'clock at night and getting a good night's sleep is really important. And we can know exactly how to do it. We can have the best coach in the world. But if we have subconscious limiting beliefs and we don't believe that we're worthy of rest, or we believe that we need to constantly look outside of ourselves to feel good about ourselves. Like habits are like, they're, they're not going to work for you. And what we do then is we use that to confirm our limiting beliefs that we're weak, yeah. that we're, you know, stupid, that we're not worthy, we're not good enough. And it's such a vicious cycle. And it's, so hard to break out of that cycle and to see the pattern of self-abandonment yeah. to see the pattern of low self-worth it's only when I look back on all of my you know life experiences that I can see where the low self-worth was showing up I didn't see it at the time and one part that it was showing up was in my habits I would stay on my phone till really late at night or you know do things that I knew wasn't good for me and it's only now that I have done the deep, deep inner work of changing my beliefs that it's easy for me now to get up and meditate in the morning and not go on my phone until nine o'clock after I've looked after myself. Yeah. I filled my own cup up. So if you're struggling with your behaviors, go to your beliefs you know, what, what beliefs do you think a person has who doesn't look after themselves, doesn't prioritize rest, care, all of that. And, and look at the emotions of that, because a lot of the times it's not just mindset blocks, it's emotional blocks. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's really frustrating because it's that like roller coaster of you have one good week and you're like, yeah, I'm so yeah. on track. This is brilliant. This is amazing. And then a bad week just becomes a spiral and a bad week turns into a bad month. And then three months have passed and you're still in that funk. Yeah. So it like with self-acceptance, I used to try and criticize myself into being a better version of myself. And now I know that that doesn't work. Like if I notice myself criticizing myself, I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. My whole career is based now around helping others not criticize themselves because yeah. I know how destructive it is. Yeah. So it's brilliant. Like, you know, for myself, I just don't do it anymore. I'm just like, yes, I give myself constructive criticism when I'm reviewing my day or I'm reviewing my week. I'm a big believer in reviewing, but reviewing from a place of like, how could tomorrow be even better? Not like, what did I do wrong today? What do I need to do tomorrow? Like self-worth, self-acceptance, it is everything. Yeah. And it's, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is we believe change in the outside will change the inside. So when I get a boyfriend, when I lose weight, when I get a good job, then I feel all these emotions and I feel confident and good enough. Mm -hmm. And it is the total opposite. It like it, it's yeah. when you change the outside, the inside, that's yeah. when the outside starts to change. 100%. Definitely my experience. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I've seen that so much. And I see, you know, clients who want to be at excise and then are beating themselves up when they eat something that they shouldn't have. I, I put that in quotes, they shouldn't have because there's no foods really off limits. Um, or they feel that they shouldn't have. And, you know, they go on a binge. And I always feel like, you know, they they say they binge eat or whatever, but like there's a, a belief there or there's a reason why they've done that. That's a behavior. But like, what is the driver of that behavior? Like if binge eating for them is one thing, it could be smoking, could be shopping, could be over exercising for others. But what is the reason why? And it comes down to probably uh, like a, a lack of belief that they deserve it or low self-worth and not having compassion for themselves as well. Um. I saw something today actually on Caroline Foran's page, you know, the, um, she does like the own it, the anxiety book. Um, yeah. I just thought it was really good. She said a neuroscientist told her if self-compassion was a pill, every human would take one every single day, such is the positive impact it has on her own biology. Um, it's the single most important investment you can make in yourself more than a gym membership. I just thought it really resonated with me, like how important self-compassion is. Um, and like, to envelop that into your into yourself I guess and to encompass that into your life but that can be difficult from a place of low self-worth low self not having self-acceptance so what I'm going to ask is I suppose some someone who's struggling really right now with believing that they deserve something and they were struggling to implement good habits and um is maybe going involved and um, taking on more bad habits than good and just they don't feel they deserve to make these positive changes for whatever reason that is what would you say to them to help even if it's a small step towards building up more self-worth and confidence and belief they can do something and then start to accept themselves and you know take on some self-compassion uh any tips that are you'd recommend (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to like write a book on it because self-compassion is everything like it really it's life-changing and I haven't heard that quote yet but I love it because if it was a pill everyone would take it and if it was a pill the world would just be a different place if we weren't all going around projecting our pain on others and internalizing when others project their pain on us to mean something about us. Because I think one of the biggest emotions that blocks people is shame. When you talk about like food binges and I've worked with my own coach around intuitive eating and she definitely helped me lose the labels around you know the foods that I should eat and shouldn't and I've always said shoulds are full of shame and shame is one of the biggest blocks to us you know being kind to ourselves and the biggest piece of advice that I would have is do the inner child work this is not an generally in my experience of coaching it's not an adult problem it's a wounded inner child problem and lots of shame left over from childhood and all of that and you know there's so many resources out there now like I would regularly give clients EFT it's emotional freedom tapping around shame inner child healing feeling not good enough feeling unlovable unworthy and it's just releasing those emotions because emotional eating binge eating all of that it's a symptom and I'm really passionate about not managing symptoms 
it's like going to the doctor and getting a bandage for a three inch cut like okay I can give you the bandage I can tell you all the things not to do but unless I clean out the wound and I stitch it up it's just going to get more and more infected so that's what I mean by the vicious cycle of we beat ourselves up for coping strategies that then feeds our fears that we're really not good enough, that we are a horrible person. And that's what causes us then to stay in these cycles. So number one is always inner child healing. And there's so much online now around that, like meditations, journal prompts, you know, get books. One of the best books I've read is John Bradshaw's Homecoming. That really helped me on my own inner child healing journey. Um, the second one, and this is probably a lot of what you do with clients. I was recently working with a client who struggles with bulimia and, but it was more so the shame around bulimia. And what I told her was when she's feeling those emotional eruptions and the urge to, to binge eat, I said to her, say that you can do that. Because what was compelling her to do it was that she shouldn't do it and that it was so shameful. And that's what really compelled her. And when I told her to say to herself that she absolutely can do that, she can go to the shop, she can get binge food, she can throw it up when she's done because that's a coping strategy that has helped her for years. But when we did the work of discovering what the relief that that gave her, we looked at healthier ways that she can still get her needs met and she can still emotionally regulate because the binge eating is not the problem. Bulimia is not the problem. It's a symptom. You are not your behavior. You are not your coping strategies. And for this woman, like bulimia worked. Mm -hmm. It actually helped her for a very long time until she was ready to get proper professional support. You know, so it's not the more she told herself that she couldn't and that this was so shameful and awful. That's what drove her to it. And when I told her, because our brain, if we tell our brain we can't have something or we can't do something, that's like the big shiny red button that's like, don't press this button. It's like, oh, I want to see what happens. So say to your brain, yes, absolutely. That's, you know, a tool in our toolkit for coping. It just doesn't serve us the same way it served us before. I can do it. Absolutely, I can. But I'd much rather pick up the phone and call a friend. I'd much rather go for a walk and listen to a really good podcast. I would much rather maybe do a bit of cleaning, play a really good playlist, do a bit of cleaning they're better tools to have and if I do them and I still feel like binge eating after I'm going to give myself permission to yeah I think that's that just takes away the urgency it takes away the like compulsion control yeah 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 and that's self-compassion like self-criticism sounds like what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. self-compassion is what happened to me so with that client we did a lot of work of you know why she was having these emotional eruptions why she was feeling compelled to binge and and then rely on bulimia so you know self-compassion is what happened to me why do I need unhelpful 
coping strategies. And one of my favorite self-compassion questions is what do I need most right now? If I'm having a really hard day, a really bad day, it's asking yourself, what do I need most right now? Do I need to ring someone? Do I need a good cry? Do I need to journal? Do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to listen to a good podcast? Do I need to call to see family? You know, it's just about building better coping strategies because the biggest thing that coaching has taught me is that we are all struggling. Mm. Like, find me somebody who is not struggling with life and I will give you my bank details. You can take my life savings because (laughs) I don't believe that there is a single human on earth that does not have their own inner struggles, does not have their own, you know, version of low self-worth. I know it's a scale and on the extreme end of the scale, it's very painful, but every human is struggling and every human is striving for happiness. Mm -hmm. I think we're just figuring out you know, better ways to find happiness other than scrolling and eating and drinking. And, you know, they're all short term strategies that give us temporary relief. But in the long term, they just feed the fear that we're not good enough. So it's not about cutting out all of those behaviors. It's about asking yourself what need is going unmet underneath here. So for a lot of people, it's the need to verbal ventilate you know it's the need to co-regulate it's the need to regulate their emotions and then it's just asking yourself what would be a more helpful way of meeting that need so if I'm scrolling social media for hours and I need lots of external validation and I'm posting and all of that that tells me that the unmet need underneath that is a need for belonging a need for acceptance And there are much healthier ways. Yeah, you can try and get it on social media, but there's much healthier ways of getting it from friendships, from family. And if you don't have friends that make you feel like you belong, that make you feel like you are on, you know, you're unconditionally worthy and lovable, they're not, they're not your tribe. Go and find a tribe who you know will love you for exactly who you are and stop looking for it on social media and I'm speaking because that's where I used to look for it and oh my god I'm so glad now I don't look for it there anymore it's not the the pace yeah yeah uh oh no like all of that you said is just honestly I'm just thinking of so many of my clients who are going to get so much from that like it's actually incredible and that question what do I need most right now is a read like just write that down everyone and like no matter what you're going through that's a question to just ask yourself because even the process of just asking yourself that question shows you're starting to listen to what your body needs what your mind needs what you need yourself and you're not like you're not relying on outside factors or just going through the motions with what you've always done you're really tuning into yourself and asking yourself that question and taking the time to listen to what you really really need which a lot of people don't do now so practices like you said like journaling and meditation I would recommend them as well like as a good place to start to just even if you don't initially I I find with meditation for example like 
you don't get that initial like this is working for me like you know it's not that um a habit that like say if you go to the gym you might feel energetic straight away afterwards for example or something like that but with meditation it's something that is slow and it's not you're not going to get um that what's the word I'm looking for the feedback exactly like and it's a practice and I struggle with it too but it's just something to I recommend I do it myself a lot of people recommend it for firstly it's a habit that you're if even if you're achieving it daily you're starting to get a bit of accomplishment you're feeling good that you're doing something but yeah it helps you I suppose control the thoughts instead and like um instead of observing them rather than like being controlled by them is that is that how you would describe and how it helps people as well yeah it is that it's you can't change what you're not aware of and we live in an instant gratification society everything is a quick hit quick fix all of that Mm -hmm. and with meditation it's not a quick fix and that's why people get really frustrated and that's why you know your brain is allergic to sitting still especially if you're in survival mode and I explain it to clients like if you were being chased by an axe murderer you wouldn't sit still and just breathe because your body would tell you this is so dangerous your brain would tell you get up and go what are you doing and that's what happens with trauma and unprocessed emotions our body gets stuck in survival mode and the only way for you to feel safe in your body again is to sit in stillness and silence is to go that was the past this is now and sometimes we do have too much trauma or unprocessed emotions that we can't do that on our own and that is when we need professional help but if you can set up the practice even one minute a day of sitting in silence and stillness just connecting with your breath noticing your thoughts so saying to yourself that's interesting I'm having a thought that that person hates me oh, there's a thought about how stressful work is. Oh, I've a thought about how fat I am. That's interesting. I wasn't born thinking that. So I wonder where that thought came from. I didn't even know the word fat before I was whatever age. So I wonder who put that in my head. It is about detaching from your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Your brain pumps thoughts into your mind like your heart pumps blood around your body it's a survival mechanism the original function of thoughts was to help us to survive to help us you know perceive danger or foresee danger but now what our thoughts are doing is just constantly self-harming we're constantly self-harming with our thoughts because we didn't learn how to separate from them we didn't learn that we are not our thoughts and I remember a client saying to me well, Claire, if I'm not the voice in my head, like then who is it? Like, that's crazy. Like that is me. I'm that person. I'm that negative. And I was like, well, who's observing that? Who do you think is observing it? And one of my favorite techniques to to use with clients is ask your brain for a better thought. So not when you're doing the meditation, because when we're doing the meditation, we're just observing. We're not trying to control and we're not trying to change. But with meditation, when you sit and observe for even like I always get clients start with one minute, even if you do one minute in the morning, you are so much more aware of your thoughts throughout the day. So you will actually hear the thought 
you're such a loser. You'll hear that a lot more clearly when you are actively paying attention. And it's not about getting rid of that thought. Sometimes if I have a thought like, oh, Claire, you're so lazy. Like, come on, you have so much to do today. Like, I will literally say, no, we're not doing that today. Give me a better thought. And the better thought might sound like, yeah, you do need a rest. Like, take a rest for an hour and then whatever you need to do, get up. Like, that's what, like, use your mind so your mind isn't using you. Your brain works for you, not the other way around. And yes, that does take a lot of practice. It does, you know like this does not happen overnight and that's why people don't stick with it it's the same with going to the gym yeah because it takes time and we don't see instant results Mm -hmm. we fall back into our default oh yeah well like sure I'm lazy I'm not you know I'm just a negative person you know if you were O negative blood type you wouldn't go around telling people oh I'm just a negative person You know, so it's the same with your thoughts, just because you have a habit of lots of negative thoughts, that doesn't tell me that you're a negative person, that tells me that your mind is running the show, and is out of control with fear based thinking, Mm -hmm. and that you just need a few tools and strategies to bring it back. And if you're ever trying to change your results, know that your beliefs drive your thoughts your thoughts drive your emotions, your emotions drive your behavior and your behavior drives your results. This is why I'm always saying, if you want to change your behavior, go to your beliefs. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be a more disciplined person, what do you think a disciplined person believes about themselves? Because they don't believe that they're fat. They don't believe that they're a loser. They don't believe that they're unlovable. They believe that they're worthy of a day that feels easy. They're worthy of, you know, feeling energetic. So go to the beliefs. And um, I recently started using the Yap app. So my own coach recommended it to me. And now I recommend it to clients. So when we're rewiring our mindset, we need lots of repetition because the old beliefs are deeply embedded. And the more we remind ourselves of the new beliefs that we're trying to install, the sooner they do install and the sooner that they become our default rather than, well, that's not true. So I get clients now to use the Yap app and I use it myself. So it's Y-A-P-P and it is a reminder but the reminders come up randomly so you can set it at like I think once a day three times a day five times seven times whatever suits you I'm trying to use my phone a lot less recently I did a retreat where I wasn't on my phone for the weekend my life so now I'm very conscious a lot of the time my phone is on airplane mode at least 12 hours from like nine at night until nine in the morning, it's on airplane mode. And I try during the day to have it on airplane mode, but I have my app app set at three times a day, but you can do it more if you want. But rewiring your mindset, it, it doesn't, there will be resistance there. If I'm saying to myself, like one of my app app reminders at the minute is I am worthy of rest because I found it very hard with having my own business to have balance. So with I am worthy of rest, when I first started to say that to myself, there was resistance there. I didn't believe it. I believe that like, 
no, because you're starting a business and this is what starting a business looks like. You need to work 12 hours a day, six days a week. So, but now I get it. Now that's my default. It's like, yeah, I am worthy of rest. So I stick the phone on airplane mode and I just like relax for an hour. So it is that like, it's, it takes time. It takes practice, but like change your beliefs, change your life. It, yeah. it really is. That's what it is. Okay. You know, that's amazing. And I just know, as I said already, like there's people listening to this, that is really going to benefit from this. And like, it might sound simple to change your beliefs, change your life. It, it, it's simple in theory, but there's a lot of work to be done there. But like a lot of stuff that you said there, they can take into practice straight away and start, you know, being observing of their thoughts, maybe changing that or reframing that rewiring that to more positive or helpful thought that's one way to start it and what does a person who whatever the result is who's you know happy or disciplined look like what do they say about themselves what do they do reenact that I guess and they're just like simple things that may help them get um help them a little bit towards that journey of uh building up more self-belief self-worth etc um before we finish up, there's one thing I wanted to chat with you about around um, people pleasing and boundaries. This is something I definitely struggle with my whole life. I'm definitely a people pleaser. Um, it comes from my mom, I think, as well. She's really like that as well. Um, and it's just a way of, it's probably like the way I seek external validation and something I've really had to work on to protect my own health. Um, I do believe it was, it was a factor in why I got sick. Uh, the fact that I was just, a yes person for my work, my relationships, everything around me and just had to do everything to be good, basically good enough. So I see this as well with, again, my own clients. So um, where they can't say no to people and afraid of letting them down and what they're doing I say when they're saying yes to somebody else they're saying no to themselves they're completely suppressing their own needs their own wants what their body what their themselves wants what they want themselves so and then this of course uh, lowers their self-worth and it's a whole vicious cycle etc um what do you what do you say about this and like a few things to work on on around this area because this is I, I'd say you see it a lot as well it can really impact people's progress in life in general really I love the explanation you gave of it and you summed it up really well and your own experience of it and where it comes from because it is a learned behavior and anything you learn you can unlearn and again it is just a symptom of low self-worth it's not because you're a weak person it's not because you're not good enough that you're a people pleaser your behavior is pointing at your beliefs again. And the biggest limiting beliefs that I see with people pleasers is I can't be happy unless everyone around me is happy. Um, Another big one is I am responsible for other people's emotions. And this is when we grew up in a house where either there wasn't emotional boundaries or we watched our parents not not have emotional boundaries with others. And that's enmeshment where, you know, we take on other people's emotions. We feel responsible. And a lot of times it is a sign of a dysregulated nervous system where we don't feel safe and we're hypervigilant about what other people think of us, what other people are saying about us. And it it is, it's the fear of rejection. It's the fear of abandonment. It's, it's all those things. And I was actually creating a post on this this morning Mm -hmm. Um, So what I would say is you have to begin 
the work of setting emotional boundaries. You have to realize that you are not responsible for everyone else's happiness, that taking responsibility for everyone else's happiness leads to burnout. It leads to resentment. It leads to low self-worth. Like it is not the answer. It is not the solution. It is so damaging for self-worth because the limiting belief there is that everyone else is more important than I am. Uh, and it is that my needs don't matter. So one of the, the biggest mantras that I would give clients working on this, and I love helping clients set boundaries, like it is my favorite. Um, I just love when they come back and they're like, oh my God, Claire, like people weren't as pissed off at me as I thought. And I was like, yeah, I know it is that. Or like, you know, oh my God, Claire, she was pissed off at me, but I was okay with it. I'm like, yes, that is amazing because her being pissed off is her own lack of emotional regulation. And that's, you know, and, and I'm on you saying, to worry about that or fix yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm angry at you. That is my anger. It's not yours to manage. It's mine to manage. And if I'm angry about something that you did or you said, it's on me to say it. It's not on you to guess it. This is where the hypervigilance comes from. The like, and again, it comes from not having a strong sense of self. It comes from everyone else defines me. So if somebody else says something about me, that must mean it's true. It, it's not, it doesn't matter what I think about myself. It's all about what you think about me. And when you are going through life, trying to make sure that everyone likes you and trying to make sure that everyone around you is happy. Yeah. Oh dear God, yeah. my favorite question to ask clients is, and how's that working for you? Yeah. And they usually <laughs> they burst out laughing or they burst out crying because they're like, Claire, it's not. And I was like, no, I know it's not. So let's look at healthier ways of getting your need for connection, getting your needs of, you know, self-esteem, self-worth. Let's look at healthier ways of getting them met. And we also do fear coaching. So one of my favorite strategies in coaching is fear coaching. So if a client says to me, Claire, oh, I'm so afraid that, you know, they'll be angry with me. And I'm like, okay, brilliant. So you say to the person that you can't go to that event and they're angry with you. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid that she won't speak to me for months. And I'm like, okay, brilliant. So imagine you don't go to the event. She's mad with you. She doesn't speak to you for months. Tell me then what you're afraid of. Well, I'm afraid that like she won't be my friend anymore. And, you know, and then she'll talk about me to other people and then other people won't be my friend. And I'm like, OK, so she's mad with you. She doesn't speak to you. She tells everyone that you're just this horrible, awful, selfish person. And then they stop speaking to you. Tell me what you're afraid of. Well, I'm afraid that I won't have any friends. OK, tell me what you're afraid of. And nine times out of 10, it goes to the fear of loneliness. Yes. It goes to the fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. And then we go back the way and we look at if she doesn't speak to you because you're putting yourself first and you can't go to this event. Is that really a friend? Yeah. You know, so we just start to question, you know, that like, is this logical? Is this rational? And we start to question as well that if she does speak to others about you because you didn't attend something, 
you know, who does that say more about? Does that say more about you or does that say more about them? And a big part of it is, do you agree with her that you're a selfish person? Do you agree with her? Well, no, like I know I'm not because we often fear others thinking about us, what we actually really think about ourselves. Yeah. So with boundaries, again, it comes back to knowing your needs and knowing your limits. My needs matter and my limits matter. And I do that, like, thank God now I've learned this, especially with the business, because I used to work to the point of constant burnout and it is not fun. Like, can we stop doing this? And, you know, with boundaries, the advice I give clients is keep the focus on you and not the other person. Yeah. Because boundaries is not about controlling other people. It's not about telling them what they should do or they shouldn't do. Boundaries is about you communicating your needs and giving them a choice or a chance to change. And if they don't, that's fine, but there is a consequence. Yeah. So the first step of a boundary is create it. Example, I don't do calls after nine o'clock at night. That's creating a boundary. That's recognizing my need for rest. Mm-hmm. Stating it is, you know, when a friend does call, texting them the next day and being like hey trying to be off my phone from nine o'clock again it's not don't call me after nine it's I'm working on my phone my screen time and all of that and then so it's create state follow through so when they ring at nine again you've said it to them and if they keep doing it there is a consequence there is a switching your phone on airplane mode or there is a consequence you know it's it it's once you start boundaries, you realize how beautiful they are. Yeah. And everyone should have boundaries. Yeah. You know, yeah. because we are all 100% responsible for our health and happiness. Absolutely. A lot of our stress and struggles and all of that comes from feeling responsible for other people's health and happiness or making them responsible for ours. She yeah. made me feel she didn't respect my boundaries. She, yeah. you know, the blame game. Yeah. So yeah. It, boundaries are all about taking responsibility for your happiness. That's that's what I believe. I agree. And like for me, I would get my clients start off small, like you. Well, for like so, saying no to someone to an event can seem so scary to someone. So like I would start like I have a current client who's definitely going through this right now, and I just start small with her. Maybe act like what you are doing at the moment. I say maybe implement a boundary where you don't talk to anyone after nine or ten. That's your time, just for you, and you stick to that. And that's starting to create a little bit of, I actually am deserving something, which is building a bit of self-worth and all these layers. And then adds on the confidence maybe to create another boundary, say, actually, no, I need this time for me. I'll say no to an event. And, you know, and also no is a full sentence. You don't have to follow it up with um, excuses and reasons. You know, you're allowed to say no. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. You Just because you have a boundary doesn't mean you have to say it in a nasty, mean, unkind way. There's so many ways of doing it. And if they are your friend, they'll understand if they don't maybe there's something to consider there as well so there's lots of uh, learnings around that but yeah boundaries are brilliant to implement they do wonders for your health I can vouch for that myself yeah. uh, and then when you own your own business you 100% need boundaries as well yeah. <laughs> but um yeah I'm kind of rushing there because I know you have to go but I could literally talk to you for 
hours I swear like honestly it's been so interesting I've gotten so much from it myself genuinely and that's I I I say that a lot of the podcasts but I really got something from this myself and um maybe we'll get you on at another time because it's just so so good (laughs) and you've already started off your own podcast you're getting it out there and you're in the process when when will you be getting that out or is it yes so it's coming out next week so I don't think this has been released yeah thank you so much it doesn't feel real it's like it's one of those pinch me moments of, oh my yeah. God, I podcast. Like, I know. Please let somebody listen. You know exactly. that like the first oh you know, and you put yourself out of your comfort zone. It is that like, but no, I'm more excited than nervous. Definitely. I know. It's so daunting. I remember um when I was first started, I was like, someone said to me, you know, Shane Walsh, you probably follow him. He was like, he has a great podcast. And he said, you should start a podcast. I remember just laughing at him. I was like, are you for real? Who the hell is going to listen to my podcast? Like not a chance, but um, um, I just started it and like you I was like is this actually happening and like you kind of get over the thing are people listening or not you just kind of like start to enjoy it and I started to enjoy it I think if you enjoy it you'll you'll keep doing it but I will, will 100% be recommending people to listen to your episodes because they will genuinely get so much from it for their their for their journey what they're going through so uh, any of my clients who work with me they'll be sent over to your podcast to listen to it <laughs> but um honestly thank you so so much there for coming on and can you just like say where people can find you and if they want to work with you as well how they go about that and just do you want to drop that in (laughs) um so Claire Feely Mindset Coach on Instagram and if you go to the link in my bio all the links are there for my social media platforms working with me all of that so you can fill in an application form um and yeah just thanks so much for having me on I really appreciate it and I love the work you're doing too so thanks so much oh thanks very very welcome really appreciate you taking the time but um thank you everyone for listening and if you enjoyed this episode I would love if you could leave a review on iTunes and I will be back next week with another episode and thanks again everyone chat soon